Welcome to the College Investor Audio Show, where we talk about the biggest issues impacting millennial money, from student loan debt to side hustles to building wealth. We will show you how to get out of debt so that you can build real wealth for the future. Hello, welcome to the College Investor Audio Show. So glad you're here today. Today we ask the question, and then we answer it, um, why are student loan servicers dropping out of the direct loan program? Hmm. Well, two nonprofit student loan servicers have announced that they will not continue servicing federal student loans in the U.S. Department of Education's direct loan program after the end of the year, 2021. That was Fed Loan Servicing made their announcement on July 8, 2021, and then Granite State Management and Resources, GSMR, made their announcement on July 20th, 2021. So why are they leaving? Student loan servicers are dropping out of the direct loan program for several reasons, including cost, complexity, and the current and future lack of support from the U.S. Department of Education. When the loan servicing contracts were first issued over a decade ago, they were only modestly profitable to the lenders servicing the loans. The 2014 loan servicing contracts, for example, pay the lenders $0.45 to $2.85 per borrower per month depending on the repayment status of the loan. The loan servicers are paid more when a borrower is current than when a borrower is delinquent, of course. The average servicing fee was about $2.04 per borrower per month before the pandemic, and it's about $1.16 per borrower per month during the pandemic. Um, The 2009 contracts averaged about $1.88 per borrower per month. So the cost of servicing a loan has increased since then, in part because of significantly increased training, legal, and compliance costs. The direct loan program has become more complicated. The number of income-driven repayment plans has increased due to the addition of pay and repay. And there are many differences among the various income-driven repayment plans, including differences in the percentage of discretionary income, the definition of discretionary income, the length of the repayment term, the eligibility criteria, the payment caps, and on and on it goes. And also, whether and how much of the interest is paid by the federal government during the first three years and the remainder of the repayment term. It's complicated. Even just that one paragraph, I'm like, wait, what? (laughs) And also, more borrowers applied for public service loan forgiveness, PSLF, than expected including many ineligible and not yet eligible borrowers. Some borrowers were in the wrong repayment plans or the wrong loan programs altogether. Some borrowers did not work in a qualifying public service job, and then others yet have not even made enough qualifying payments. Some payment history information was not correctly transferred from previous loan servicers. Ugh. Hundreds of change requests from the U.S. Department of Education have added to the cost of servicing federal student loans in the direct loan program. The prospect of future servicing changes, such as the next-gen student loan servicing platform, may increase the loan servicing costs as the loan servicers are required to adopt their systems to interface with the new platform. It's only going to get worse, people. And all of this has served as a distraction from the nonprofit servicer's core public service mission. Any business activity engaged in by the nonprofit loan servicers must support their public service mission. Servicing loans in the direct loan program 
no longer contributes to that mission from a business or reputational perspective. Yikes. These nonprofit servicers will continue servicing private student loans and continue to operate state grant, scholarship, college planning, college access, FAFSA prep, and financial literacy programs. They just won't be servicing federal direct loans. That's all. Now, here's the impact on borrowers. The announcements affect more than 10 million borrowers. This means that more than a quarter of the borrowers in the direct loan program will need to be transferred to a new student loan servicer. Headache? Can you say? That's the word of the day. There may be a total of eight student loan servicers remaining, including ECSI, Great Lakes Education Loan Services, Inc., HESC, or Ed Financial, Maximus Federal Services, Mohela, M-O-H-E-L-A, Navient, Nelnet, and Osla Servicing, O-S-L-A Servicing. Great Lakes, Nelnet, and Navient service the most borrowers and may have the capacity to absorb a big increase in servicing volume. The U.S. Department of Education may have to bring on additional servicers, like Trellis Company. They were previously known as Texas Guarantee Student Loans, or TG, and other state guarantee agencies, especially if other student loan servicers decide to not renew their servicing contracts. The increased volume may subsequently be reduced if some loans are forgiven by the federal government. You know, forgiving $10,000 per borrower will erase the federal student loan debt of a third of direct loan borrowers. That's nice. Forgiving fifty grand per borrower will erase the federal student loan debt of 80% of direct loan borrowers. Transferring borrowers to new servicers can cause a ton of problems, to say the least, like borrower confusion, lost records, late fees, missed payments, etc. Borrowers who signed up for auto pay will need to execute a new agreement with the new servicer. So what should you do if you are a borrower? Well, first, you should confirm that your loan servicer has their current contact information as the current and new loan servicers will be sending important information to the borrower during the transition. And also, you should save a copy of your payment history, correspondence, and also other student loan records just in case some of your records are lost when your loans are transferred to a new servicer. Now, this is particularly important for borrowers in income-driven repayment plans and borrowers who are seeking public service loan forgiveness. You can log into the loan servicer's website to download your payment history. If you are pursuing public service loan forgiveness, you you should file employment certification forms, one per employer, to get an up-to-date count of your qualifying payments right now before the public service loan forgiveness program is transferred to a new student loan servicer. Escalate any disputes concerning the number of qualifying payments by submitting an appeal for a recount. You should get a free copy of your credit reports. We should just have a a law that states we just have to get it, so you don't forget. (laughs) It's annualcreditreport.com before and after the servicing change. Again, annualcreditreport.com. Incorrect information can sometimes be reported to correct credit bureaus during a servicing transition, and that could affect your score. The risk of student loan scams increases during the transition from one loan servicer to another, and scams charge fees for services that the loan servicers provide for free. That's a huge red flag. You should be wary of any information that does not come from the U.S. Department of Education, your current servicer, or the new servicer, especially if you are asked to pay a fee. That is our show for today. 
That was a lot of information crammed into seven minutes. So please reach out to us if you have any questions. You can also check out thecollegeinvestor.com. Type in the name of this podcast. You'll find this article. That way you can read it for yourself and it might help to capture all the information. We got tons of resources too there as well. Again, it's thecollegeinvestor.com. Thanks for stopping by. We'll talk to you again real soon.